Okay. All right. Here we are. Yes. It's me, Aiden Taco Jones. You listen to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 13th of November, 2018. <coughs> How do I feel? Hot. I feel hot. I feel like I'm not sweating, but I could be. I feel like there are still fucking flies in my room. These cunts, I swear, I've probably seen more flies in the last... Let's see what overreaching statement I can make here about flies. I've seen more flies in the last month than I have trucks in the last year. (laughs) Yep, I'm sticking to that. Um, I just feel like I've been killing more flies lately. Like the big blowfly ones as well. Not just the little ones that you're like, ah, you're chill, man. You can go... Ones that when they bang into the window... It's, you can hear them. It's like, dum, 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 dum. And that's gross. You don't want, like, if you're a fly, make your fly sound, and then all other parts of your life, I don't want to know about. If I can hear flies banging into the window, that's, you're too big. That's like a, I don't, that's like an animal at this point, rather than just ambience, you know? And then you get the fuck out of my, out of my life. So, I've been killing more of those flies lately in the cafe where I go and, I go ride every day. I'll sit in the window and every now and then there's a fly just like darting around and, my, and I'll get my wallet out and because it's like a like a flip wallet, you know, like it opens up. So I'll hold one end of it and then flip it out and kill the fly with it like that. And they have a nickname for me and it's called that gross dude who kills flies in the corner. That's a fucking garbage nickname. What the fuck? Oh, I feel self-conscious is how I feel. Why do I feel self-conscious? I don't know. It's late in the day today. It's like midday as I'm recording this, which normally I can kind of get get on the mic um, by like 10. I feel like my, my routine's out. We just had some dudes in our house like ch- chopping down the tree in our backyard, um, which was a bit of fun. They came in. They were, a dude came like two weeks ago. If you were listening to the pod then, there was a guy who came while I was recording out the front and was just like asking me about the tree that they, oh, you want to cut down that tree? That door, door in your garage, is that big enough to get the thing? And he came in, like I showed him the door from the garage out to the back of the house. He's like, oh, nah, 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 gonna need to do something else there. Apparently they've got a machine that like bores into the ground and like churns the roots of the tree up and fucking, that sounds like genocide, doesn't it? I'm, that sounds more brutal than me killing flies, is a dude with a machine that burrows into the ground and and just fucking maims the roots of a tree. What makes you more, like, have a more visceral reaction? Because fuck flies, dude. They're so small, there's millions of them. A tree is a beautiful thing. No, you can never replicate a tree, the life of a tree and the story that it tells. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I just don't. I just don't want three dudes in my backyard. Um, just they came in with like chainsaws, so literally chainsaws strapped to their pants. That like imagine the way that anyone else carries a keychain. These guys had chainsaws like that, just dangling off the back of their pants, like like a fucking dude who listens to too much metal with their big chains. You know, um, these dudes came with their chainsaws and they went. So it was in our backyard, but it's like the fence that we share with our side neighbor. So they went into our side neighbor's driveway and uh, put ladders up against the fence because the tree is kind of on our side, but really it's just like up against the fence. They put ladders up against that and um, 
just chop this tree down from the top to the bottom, bit by bit by bit. Um, and then I was cooking breakfast, so I was like shirtless listening to a pod. And uh, they evidently knocked on the door, but I didn't hear them. And so they went around the side and just started doing it. And they saw me through the window. And I just see some dude in full high-vis gear and a chainsaw dangling off his pocket. Going, hey, hey, brother, brother. And I'm like, but take my headphones out. I'm like, oh, what's up, man? He's like, ah, you're probably going to want to take your clothes off the line. It's going to get pretty dusty. His dudes are so comfortable um, with, like, just around heavy machinery. It's, it's chainsaw heavy machinery. There's probably some builder out there laughing at me, calling me a pussy. Like, oh, <laughs> chainsaw's heavy machinery, do you? Wait till I show you me bloody grouter. Nah, man. Chainsaw's heavy. That's heavy. It's so heavy. Even the little mini baby chain, the little key ring chainsaws they had, still hectic. And these dudes are so comfortable around them that they're like, they were just fucking with each other. Like, so the chainsaw chops the tree and chips come out the bottom of it. Like all the sawdust or whatever comes out the bottom. as like a little, uh, like vent system. Exhaust. There we go. Um, and one of the guys was chopping the tree and his mate was just standing there next to him, watching him, catching the like wood chips as they came out of the exhaust and just throwing them in the other dude's face while he's holding a chainsaw. And they're just, like laughing and that and whenever they communicate they have to yell at each other because they're all wearing earplugs so it sounds like they're always fighting and they've all got chainsaws <laughs> but i mean i guess being in the uh being in the tree chopping game really brings a man close to his mates you know that's the kind of understanding that you get when you're just together we're out there with your brothers fighting trees fighting the tree menace not on my watch tree <laughs> that was cool though man Blake just sat there with our with our hot beverages and bacon and egg and bacon egg cheese tomato relish onion and garlic sandwiches I that bacon was a little bit old I know I really hope I don't get sick if by the end of this podcast I vomit it was because the bacon was too old I bought it like three days ago but it was on special, so it was from seven fifty down to six bucks for a kilo of bacon. <laughs> oh my god! And um, today, when I got it open, I was like, "Oh, it smells a little bit," but I am hungry. So, how about I eat whatever's there that smells, and uh, and then throw the rest out because I don't. I know I'll eat it tomorrow as well. Like, and I tried to cook most of it. This isn't that bad. It's like, this food's off. Let me eat it all now. So I don't eat any later when it's more off. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck. I'm a little... Uh, it'll be all right. It smelled a bit, but not a lot. And it was a little bit slimy, but it was like... I mean, why am I telling you guys this? To be honest. <sighs> insecure. I feel insecure. My, my fucking meditation today was shit. I had fucking, I've been meditating every morning, although I haven't been. I say, here's the thing with me, is I'll do something for two weeks, and then for another month, after I've stopped doing it, I'll still say I've been doing it, and it makes me feel good, but actually I've not been. So I was meditating for all of October, but it's now the 13th of November. I've been drinking for, like, you know, a week and a half, and, uh... 
I reckon I started my new meditation thing like just at the end of October. That's um, it's supposed to be about like concentration and focus and shit. Um, so I started it maybe 15, 20 days ago and I did day 10 today. So I've missed a bunch of days. But here's the thing. Headspace meditation app is great. I, I stand by it still. It's great. But like when you're meditating, like the app should be working flawlessly because if it stops working, you're still meditating, but there's like parts of silence in the meditations. So I'm just sitting there in silence and then after what seems like five minutes i'm like oh maybe the meditation has just stopped and sometimes it hasn't but there have been a couple times where it actually has stopped and i've had to to like you know uh turn my phone screen back on and just like click it again and if it's if it happens once that's as good as it happening a million times because as soon as it happens once now every time it stops and i feel like it's been a long time i'm thinking the meditation stopped again and it just ruins the fucking experience so that happened today it happened again today. The meditation on the app, it said it had been going for 10 minutes, but it had actually been going for like 17. So it clearly froze in some parts and I had to turn my phone back on. And um, that was... I'm, I'm such a fucking baby right now, getting angry about my meditation experience. But it was annoying. I'm like supposed to be in it. And it, it really took me out of the moment. <coughs> I don't know if this is a legitimate thing to be upset. No, I think it is. It's a legitimate thing to be upset. I paid money for this app. And, uh, and like, I just, I don't know what to do. Like, it, yeah, today it went, it went for, for 17 instead of 10. And I was just sitting in there and instead of, th- like, meditating and trying to clear my mind of thoughts, I was just thinking about how angry I was and how bullshit this app is and how this is ruining the start of my day. I think I get angry like that. It's like when I used to be, when I used to have, like, baked bean toasted sandwiches when I was a kid. My mum had one of those toasted sandwich things that, like, it seals off all the edges between the bread. And so it's like a pocket, right? So you toast it and it smushes the bread together and then everything you've got in the middle is a pocket. And I would have a baked bean one. And you bite it and eventually the pressure inside the pocket becomes too much for the baked beans to withstand. And so they spurt out of the weakest part. It's a good way to test which side of your bread is strongest. If that's a bit of data that you're interested in collecting. But if you're not, then you're just going to get spurts of baked beans out of one side of your sandwich. And that used to fucking annoy me so much. Because it was like, it was like, I've made this nice thing. I'm looking forward to it. And now it's broken. And not only is it broken, like, I'm not going to do it again. You're not going to make another one. This is the one that you've got. This is the opportunity that you had to enjoy the thing, and it didn't work. And now there are other things to do, you know? That's how I feel about the meditation. It's like, I can't... If if it's fucked, I'm not going to do it again today, because I've already spent 17 minutes doing it. I've just got to accept that that's what it was going to be and move on. But then maybe that's something that meditation is also supposed to help with. (laughs) Like, if I was really good at meditation, I wouldn't be getting angry that my meditation... But you're not supposed to be good at meditation! To Catch-22. Fuck you, uh, Headspace app. This is the opposite result that I was supposed to have had. I'm not supposed to be getting angry. I'm supposed to be meditating, and your fucking app's making me angry. A part of me really thinks that it's like a test, you know? That's like... <laughs> that's like the, the next level of meditation is just that the app stops working. <laughs> <laughs> like see if you can see if you can fight your way through it with calm 
Maybe that's focus. Maybe the fo- oh, it's like meta meditation. Meta 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 meditation. I don't know. I don't like it. If that's intentional, it's no. It's definitely not intentional. The app is just fucking up. So my fix for it is that I'm I've I've changed my phone lock screen to rather than it locking after a minute, it's gonna lock after thirty minutes. So it'll just be my phone will just be on and the screen will be on for the whole time of the meditation, which is not a desirable fix. That's bad. It's a bad fix. I don't want to have to leave my phone screen on, but that's what you've driven me to. Headspace app and Dan, what's his name? I think that's the name of the guy who started it. Dan Mashlapadupper, huh? Who went to India, came back a millionaire? You fuck. Just like that dude. Oh, what's that guy who created that? Uh, what's that guy who created the fucking um, uh, hot yoga? What do they call it? Bikram yoga. You guys hear about that guy? Harvey Bikram is like a legit rapist. He invented Bikram yoga. He's a white guy. Um, invented doing yoga in hot and it's, you know, sweaty and blah, blah, blah. And it does all this shit for your skin. Who fucking cares? This guy invented it, became huge in the West, is a millionaire and, uh, and straight up rapes women. And he's like so crazy about, I'm, I'll find it. I'll find an article about it. And he's so like up his own ass that the quote that I've heard is someone said, um, they accused him of rape and he was like, why would I rape when women would pay a million dollars for a drop of my sperm? <laughs> Which, for hubris, is like, that's fucking World Cup level shit. Harvey Bikram. It doesn't get much fucking bigger than that. Yoga founder declares, oh, declares bankruptcy amid legal cases. Oh, this was part of the Me Too shit. Founder of Bikram Yoga declares bankruptcy for facing millions. Hotter than 40 degree rooms, his faithful yoga followers sweat in. Is the heat in the spotlight on Bikram Chowdhury? Oh, what? I thought it was Harvey Bikram. Bikram Chowdhury right now, the man behind the international phenomenon of Bikram Yoga. For five decades, he reaped the benefits of his 26-pose yoga sequence. But there's a dark underbelly to the world of Bikram's yoga. Facing millions in legal judgments... For a number of women alleging everything from sexual harassment to wrongful dismissal, Chowdhury and his company have declared bankruptcy. The mounting pressure on Chowdhury comes weeks after countless allegations of sexual misconduct. Yeah, so this happened kind of at the end of last year. Bikram Chowdhury Yoga started in the 1970s after being dogged by 16.7 million in legal judgments. The 70-year-old dude fled the US after a number of his yoga practitioners, students, instructors, and teacher trainees alleged he had sexually assaulted them. Fuck me. I mean, what's the point of yoga if you're still, you know, if you're trying to do that shit, right? Surely you need a bit more than yoga. Um, why was I talking about that? <laughs> because of fucking... Because of fucking Headspace cunt and his fucky app. Can achieve nirvana, can't employ a good uh, a good software designer, can you, can't. And now I'm upset. And now I'm looking up uh, some guy's rape charges because I've fucking... <coughs> because my meditation didn't go well this morning. <sighs> this, th- this week was kind of cool. I did... Um, Tuesday was Cup Day last week. Um, the Melbourne Cup. I don't know, like, 
who gets into that? Is that just a thing that once you get rich, you get into the Melbourne Cup? Because, like, when did... Uh, I remember we used to watch it in school, and I went to, like, a public primary school, and they would have it on, like, in the middle of the day. Like, they were just on Melbourne Cup Day. They would stop the class. And I remember in, like, year three, they did it. And they put a TV on, and everyone in the class gets, like... You know, you pull your horse out of a sweepstake. And then I was the year media puzzle one. I don't know what year that was. But the year media puzzle one, I remember we watched it in class. And we, it was like a little practice gambling thing. What teachers are these that are like, all right, kids, today I want to teach you about how to place wages on on uh, <laughs> on horse racing. Uh, don't worry if any of them die. It's not about that. It's just about the money. It's about the money. The teacher's just foaming at the mouth in the corner. That's like a gambling addict teacher. Maybe my teacher was a gambling addict. I don't remember having any really fucked teachers. There was a dude uh, who, like, used to, that was the most fucked teacher that we had was a guy who used to smoke out in the side of the classroom. And he had a ponytail. He was probably, like, just some fucking nerdy guy trying to support his weed habits. Thought he'd go into teaching. Smoked out the side of the classroom. And kids were trying to fucking find his cigarettes in bins. That was crazy. I remember that. Josh Flavel and Billy Mahalis were trying to find this dude's ashed cigarette butts in the bin and show them to the other teachers to be like, look, he's a bad teacher. He's smoking. <laughs> and you know, those are the kids that took up smoking first out of everyone else then. Like two years later, they were fucking out there with him. Dude, can I get a fucking light, man? And a cigarette? Oh. Um, no, I remember they, they made us watch the Melbourne Cup in school and I always just thought it was that, that was just the level of like involvement that people had. Maybe it's in Adelaide, like the people don't really care, but in Melbourne, people lose their minds over this shit. Melbourne Cup, that's a public holiday. And I went out with, um, with, with Phil and his lovely girlfriend, Ruby. We went down to the Builder's Arms in, uh, Fitzroy on Gertrude Street and like, Everyone, it was rammed, dude. It was fucking rammed for the Melbourne Cup. People were out there, all dressed up nice. Um, they had like a guest chef in from a restaurant down the road doing a Mexican pop-up. That was fucking great, man. The Builders Arms was lovely. Um, just spent a bunch of money on prawn cocktail and fucking little like beef short rib tacos and beef short rib. Is that what it was? I don't. Know. I don't even know if that's a thing. Did cows have ribs? Um, yeah, man, and then, like, we wa the, I was just going to the toilet, I think, and then the race started, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that's why we're here. We were out in the beer garden, not really watching the race, but the atmosphere was very much geared towards, like, people watching the race, and then it went on, and, I mean, it goes for, like, three minutes or something. It's not, what a, like, what an insane thing to base a day around. At least, like, a sporting event, that's, like, two hours. I mean, there are other races and shit, I guess, but most people just watch the main, like, how many people are actually giving a fuck about the other races, you know? I mean, I found out actually later in the week, like, what was it, Thursday or something? I was about to go see a show and, like, all the shows were full and people were like, yeah, Spring Carnival, man, like, which I didn't even know that's what Spring Carnival was. I thought maybe Spring Carnival was a different thing. I don't know. I don't even know what the word Spring Carnival mean. Let me look up Spring Carnival. Someone on Thursday was just like, oh, dude, Spring Carnival. Yeah, it's like Spring Carnival week, so... So people go out more. Spring Carnival. Tuesday the 6th of November. Spring Racing Carnival. Flemington. 
blah blah blah. It's not even. There's not even. Come on. Where's the Wikipedia page? The Melbourne Cup is Australia's most well-known annual thoroughbred horse race. Three thousand two hundred meter race for three-year-olds and over. Who cares? I don't fucking know. Oh, that's nice. Oh, there's a beautiful engraving of the finish line at the 1881 Melbourne Cup. That actually looks really nice. Like, there's a lot of people there. I don't know. It's, it just, it, that looked nice, but that was probably because it's old that it looked nice. 1881. Fuck, imagine getting that many people together 140 years ago. But now it's just like this gross thing that no one's really following all of those horses. Surely not. And knows about all of the races. Most of the people at the pub where I was at just turned towards the TV for the three minutes of the main race. And then I was like, it's exciting to watch. I'm like getting into it like the race, go, go, go. And then at the end, some horse came from behind another horse or something. And they won- And I was like, oh, shit. And the old dude in front of me turned around and was just like, oh, who won? And I was like, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> Someone did. I just saw, a ho- you know, I saw something happen. <laughs> I don't really know what it meant. People get really into it, though. People get... I feel... Oh, maybe it's the circles that I move in. I would like to experience it once south of the river and see what people think. Because north of the river in Melbourne, which is where all the hipsters live, people were fucking hating it. The night... the uh, At um, at Boney, the um, show that I did last Monday... Everyone would go on and go like, oh, Melbourne Cup's tomorrow, what do we think? And everyone in the crowd was like, boo, boo. (sighs) I mean, I already talked about this last week, but, you know. Anyway, that was fun. That was a nice day, man. Um, Lovely little day at the races. Or at at the pub watching the races. Yeah. Um, Let me do some music here. What's the music that I've got? Raven Lanay. Raven or Raven? I don't know how. R-A-V-Y-N. Lanay. I don't know if you guys have heard of this lady. I have for like... I've, she's been like on my radar for two years. And then I looked her up. I want to... Uh, the song Spice is fucking great. Real airy. I feel like that's the word that I used to describe every song. Can someone please keep a tally of the amount of times that I use the word airy to describe a song in this podcast? It's just airy. <laughs> Spice has like a Latin feel. There's a harp. There's a harp in the back. And it's then the way that she sings, she's got like such a high, like beautiful high voice. And it's like breathy and airy. Um, but she has like a Latin kind of rhythm that she sings over it. Um, and I looked her up, Raven Lynette, because it's, it's pretty much an R&B song. Um yeah, like a little bit lighter. It's not like really a club song. It's more of like you could totally see someone like dancing salsa to it. Um, I mean, that was basically atonal. Is what the, I didn't know my throat was capable of making such fucking awful sounds. Um, <laughs> am I going to critique myself every time I sing on this podcast? Yes. Is it going to improve? No. Am I making steps to improve it? No. But am I still going to be upset every time my singing sucks? Of course. I have unrealistic expectations of my own ability in every area, including podcasting. Which is why I've been doing this for almost a year, by the way. Isn't that nice? Um, yeah, she's fucking 19, man. This girl, born in 99. 19... 
Um, she released a fucking, she released two EPs, so one last year, one this year, so the first one when she was fucking 18, that's just insane, like, I don't know, I don't even know if that's crazy anymore, or what, like, what's a reasonable age for someone to be picked up, but she's, like, touring internationally and shit, she's played huge festivals, and she's a 19-year-old child, it's just, it's insane, I followed her on, um, I followed, this is how I feel like I have a connection to her now, I'm trying to, I'm basically just all of these people that I talk about on the pod. I'm like, how can I meet them and be in their lives? How can we connect? That's <laughs> that honestly is my dream when I do this. I'm like, oh, one day they'll listen. <laughs> one day Raven Linnae, who I don't even know. Notice how I'm, I'm, I'm treading the line between saying Raven and Raven. 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 Raven Nadal. <laughs> Raphael Nadal. One day we'll listen to this. And, um, and, and he'll go, I don't, uh, I don't understand the, the Australian, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yo no puedo entender el australiano en este podcast, no, no, tiene que, tiene que hablar más claro. Um. Yeah, one day Raven's gonna hear this, and she's gonna, she's gonna say that guy's bloody great, and, <laughs> and by that time she'll be older, and I'll be older, but it'll be more age appropriate for us to fall in love. <laughs> I'm laughing because that is a genuine thought. That's <laughs> not. Oh my god, I should just rename this podcast Looking for Love. <laughs> One man's quest to make love to a famous person. <laughs> Every Tuesday at midday. <laughs> How can I... Where are you, Stella Donnelly? <laughs> oh my god. If she ever listens to this podcast, she is going to call the police. I've been talking about it for such a long time. Um, uh, this is like that. Uh, there's a guy, um, uh, there's a, a dude who was doing comedy for a bit who's just a lovely boy. He doesn't really do comedy anymore. But he, what was it, like Drake followed him or someone followed him on Twitter and then unfollowed him. And he'd started a podcast trying to find out why the dude unfollowed him. And then, like, three weeks into the... Po- and it was, like, a great idea. Uh, maybe it was James Franco. Someone like that unfollowed him. And then... Uh, and it was going to be, like, you know, he was going to try and contact this guy's like manager and all these people and write letters and search for him. And it was going to be an epic saga. And, and then three weeks later, the dude just followed him again. It's, like, it's clearly a bot, man. <laughs> it's clearly... Do you reckon famous people have that? Like, their Twitter accounts, they go around following and unfollowing people so that when they follow someone, the person goes, oh, I remember that guy. I want to follow him. And then they just unfollow them so their ratio stays high, but they've just got fuckloads of followers now. That totally must be a thing. That'd be a good bot to invent. I should do that. I I try and do that on Instagram, but I'm not enough of a dick. I can't commit to that. Like, the follow and then unfollow... Fuck, that's a ballsy move. That's a that's a massive douche move to follow someone and then they follow you and then you unfollow them. If they ever find out that you did that, if, if I found out that someone did that to me, I would be livid. Like, that's why often if someone follows me, 
I will, and this speaks to my insecurity, I will like wait for a few days and then see if they still follow me. And if they do, then I'll follow. There has to be some sort of app where, because on Instagram you can't see if someone follows you. You can only see when you unfollow them if it says follow back. There's got to be some sort of app that someone's invented where you can see if people follow you. Or maybe I'm just a fucking idiot and I can't see where it says. Maybe it says it right next to their name and I'm just not looking because I'm blinded by blinded by fucking self-righteous rage of like, you better not fucking unfollow me, cunt. And it just says it right there. Um, the way that I was going to connect with Raven Lanay was I went on her Instagram story and she just went and saw the Lion King and in in uh, in New York on Broadway at the whatever fucking theater and uh, did I write down what theater it was in? No, I did not. Um, but she she evidently just went and saw it and uh, and the night before on Saturday night I'd been listening to the Lion King. What a fucking knockout! Maybe that should be my... I'm not... No, no, no. no. Spice by Raven Linnae. I kind of want to make it new. I'll probably break that rule later, but... Spice by Raven Linnae is the song this week. But on Saturday night, man, I was just... um, I was on my way. I went to uh, watch the show at Kings of Comedy. Michael Connell, by the way, uh, if anyone knows that... Michael Connell, what a fucking great... Like, just fucking... What's the word for him? He is like a lone ranger of comedy. He's been going for longer than me. He's been going for maybe 10 years. And he's always, for as long as I've been doing comedy, Michael Connell has been a guy who gets his own work, does does corporate gigs, was like writing like hours of clean material so he could do corporate work. Um, just a prolific joke writer. And I saw him at Kings of Comedy recently, um, which is a great room in Melbourne on King Street at the Colonial Hotel Fridays and Saturday nights. Um, Michael Connell was, um, was there and I'd heard that he was at the comedy store a few months ago. Um, my friend had messaged me going on, Michael Connell's at the comedy store in Sydney juggling. And I was like, Oh no. Oh, Michael. No, (laughs) like juggling that just any comic who starts having a gimmick. It's like, fuck man, that you really, that like, that's a red flag for me. That's like, um, that's like when your friend starts dyeing their hair black and wearing, like, you know, band t-shirts and you're like, oh, God, trouble's at home, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah, a comedian who starts having a, having a gimmick after years of not having a gimmick, that's like a last-ditch attempt at, at trying to sell tickets. You know, they're like, why does anyone pay attention to me? I need to buy a wig <laughs> and big pants and give myself a new name. And that's what I thought it was when Michael Connell had started juggling. I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, he's, he must be pretty close to out the game if he's doing that. And I don't, you know, he's one of those guys who I just don't see ever. So I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. You assume they're doing okay, but then if you don't see him for a while, you're like, oh, fuck, what happened to him, you know? And so I heard he was juggling, and I was like, oh, God, he, he must be having a bad time. And I see him at, um, I see him at Kings of Comedy and the first sign as well was there was a unicycle at the back of the room and I was like, well, Connell's here. He must be doing his fucking (laughs) unicycle shit as well. Um, And then he got on to headline the show and he was so great. He was so great. He did like 20 minutes of, he he started juggling. Like he just, hey, I'm a comedian, blah, blah, blah. I'm also a juggler. Pulled out juggling balls. 
and just started juggling. And then he just started doing jokes about juggling and stories about how he's been juggling for like 20 years and how he came into juggling and what the juggling community is like. He had 20 minutes on juggling. That is lunacy. It was so impressive and it was so good. The jokes would have worked were he not juggling, but the fact that he was juggling and he would switch up his juggling moves to change with the jokes. Oh man, it was so great. I uh, Full credit to Michael Connell for being a fucking fantastic performer and a great writer and a great comic. Hats off to him. I sent him a message, man. I told him all of that shit. I was just like, dude, you're a fucking king. And um, I feel like people will shit on him for doing the juggling thing, but fucking good for him, man. Because that is not... Uh, nah, he's not using it as a gimmick. He's, or he's using it as a gimmick, but like in a fucking smart way. And if you can figure out a way to um, to make yourself stand out in fucking comedy, I reckon great. I don't know why I'm getting so earnest about this now, because I don't even think he does comedy festivals, so there's really no chance for you cunts to go and see him. Because, like, he he's one of the kind of dudes who definitely would be disillusioned with the comedy festival, and he, he probably makes his money on cruise ships and, and fucking... Um, uh, and like corporate shows and Christmas shows and shit. Um, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh yeah, Saturday night. <laughs> I went and watched at Kings of Comedy. And um, after that, I was just like, oh, I've, I, the music is in my ears right now. Um, I, uh, I went to a party. I went to meet Blake and a few of our mates at this party. Uh, and it was like an hour's worth of trains and shit to get there. And uh, oh, I was just listening. Oh, sorry. I was just listening to the uh, the orchestral soundtrack from The Lion King, and it's the most beautiful music. I could really fucking listen to that shit forever, man. That, like, it, that's the kind of music that makes me want to cry, but I like, I wish I had something to cry about, you know? That's the kind of point where I'm like, I wish someone would just not be mean to me, because that wouldn't make me just cry, that'd make me angry. I wish someone would, like... I wish some misfortune would misfor- would befall me, you know? Like, if I could lose a leg in some sort of painless but tragic accident and then be sitting in the hospital bed and, like, my mum would come to visit the first day and the second day and then th- but after, like, a week, she's like, all right, I'm gonna... I gotta go to work, but I'll be back next week. And then that first day after my mum's not visiting anymore, I'm in the hospital bed by myself and I, I put on the Lion King orchestral soundtrack With my, with my leg in a, with my detached leg swimming in a vat of, um, of fucking some preservative fluid next to me and I'm staring at it knowing that we will never be joined again and I hear that flute coming. And the orchestra. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and I just start bawling my fucking eyes out. My leg! <laughs> my beautiful leg! <laughs> that's. <laughs> listening to that music, that's kind of what I wish would happen to me. <laughs> I'm never going to have a leg again. If you had to have a disability, that would probably be the one. Losing a finger, that's not a real disability. That's like being half deaf in one ear. David fucking Rose. 
is a comedian who claims being deaf, half deaf in one ear as a disability. <laughs> um, no, like that doesn't count. None of that shit. But it's like being blind, being fully deaf, uh, losing a hand maybe, or losing a leg or like an arm or fucking... Or then, and then it's down to like having bits of your face missing and shit, which no one wants that. I reckon the the mo- I reckon losing a foot counts. That's not enough, but losing a leg from the knee down. I'm imagining from the knee down, that's probably the most desirable disability. I reckon physical disability. We're not talking mental. That's a whole different. Oh, I'm not waiting into those waters. I mean, why am I wading even into the physical disability waters? Why don't I just say that it's very sad when bad things happen to people and leave it at that? Nope, I want to rank them. <laughs> uh, call in to have your disabilities ranked by an able-bodied straight white man. Fucking, I think that's the podcast for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. It's um, been a lot of fun. If you liked it, tell your friends. Fucking tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mate with no leg. Um fucking subscribe to my Instagram page and shit. I've, uh, whatever, man. Who cares? If you're listening to this, you probably do subscribe to my Instagram. Rate and subscribe to shit on iTunes or Spotify or however you're listening to it. And thank you very much. I'll see you next week. This has been Aiden Taco Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.